grace. You know, uh, really before we get into specifically what justifying grace is, I think we need to distinguish between prevenient grace and between justifying grace. What, what makes it different? And so the first thing that we're going to talk about is the difference. And so prevenient grace, like we just said, is the grace of God that God shows everyone. It's the grace that God shows all people, regardless of if you are a believer or not. Justifying grace, though, is different because it is the grace that God wants everyone to experience, but it is grace that you must choose to experience. I want you to catch that. Justifying grace is grace that God wants us all to experience, but justifying grace is grace that you must choose to experience. You see, we experience justifying grace when we choose not to be sick in sin any longer. And so what does it mean to be justified? Justifying is, is kind of a big word, and so let's break it down and talk about what it means to be justified. You know, a lot of you probably have experience with using uh, Microsoft Word or, or a Word document. And a lot of you uh, know how to uh, align your text to the left, to the right, or in the center. But another fourth option that you always have when you're aligning your text in a Word document is to justify the text. And what happens when you justify the text is the edges of the text are brought into perfect alignment. It's very straight and very orderly. And so just like justifying text in a document, when we are justified by God, we are brought into alignment with God and His will and purpose for our life. And so being justified God is just that, being brought into alignment with God. Uh, I think it's very clear when we read Scripture, especially in Romans 8, that there's a difference here between provenient grace and between justifying grace. And that provenient grace comes before we experience justifying grace. If you have your Bible, or if you're taking notes, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 8. And we're going to be in verses 28 through 30. I'm going to give you a second to flip there. And I want you to read uh, this with us together. So Romans 8, 28 through 30, here's what it says. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together. For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose him to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So I want you to look specifically there at verse 30. Where it says, having called, he, that God called them, and after he called them, he gave them right standing. Oh, you, we could reword this and rephrase this to say that God gave them provenient grace, and then after he gave them provenient grace, and they accepted that call through provenient grace, God justified them. God brought them into alignment with him. And so it's very clearly here that it is by the provenient grace of God that God calls us to come to him. But it is by the justifying grace of God that we are brought into alignment with God, that we are forgiven for our sins and given right standing with him. 
You know, one of the unique characteristics of provenient grace was that you didn't have to choose to experience it. It's grace that God chooses to show us. It, it is grace that you can experience whether you're a believer or not. But justifying grace, as we discussed a few seconds ago, is grace that you have to choose to experience. So how do we know this? How do we know that justifying grace is grace that you have to choose to experience? How do we know that justifying grace isn't like provenient grace, where it's freely given and shown? So I want you to turn in your Bibles a few chapters before Romans 8 to Romans chapter 3. And I want to look at Romans 3, verses 27 through 28. Listen to these words. Here's what it says. Can we boast then that we have done nothing and that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it is based on faith. Now listen to this. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. I want you to catch that. You are given right standing with God because of your faith. Nothing that you do. You're made uh, given right standing with God. You are justified by faith. Now, with that comes a choice. If you were to have faith in God, you must make a choice to believe in God. You cannot have faith in God unless you choose to have that relationship with Christ, unless you choose to believe in Him. And so if we're going to be justified, we have to make that choice. If we're going to experience the justifying grace of God, you have to make that choice to have faith in God in order to experience that. And so really it's up to us whether or not we experience justifying grace. You know, I told you justifying grace resembles the door of a house. And just like the door of the house, you have to choose whether or not you're going to open the door and enter. You have to make that choice. If you want to enter the house, you have to open the door and you have to make that choice. I think that brings us up to another aspect of justifying grace. And this aspect of justifying grace is that experiencing justifying grace is different for everyone. The way that you experience justifying grace is different than the way that I have experienced justifying grace. Now, we all experience justifying grace through forgiveness on a day-to-day -day basis. But there's a defining moment where you experience justifying grace. And that's different for everyone. You know, for some people, they have a dramatic aha moment where they, they realize who God is. And they realize all of a sudden what they've been missing in their life. And, and it's like the light bulb just all of a sudden went off. But for others, it can be more of a consistent process, a consistent lifelong living with Jesus. Where they've always known Jesus. And they've always known that Jesus was with them. And they've experienced justifying grace in a continuous manner. It hasn't been a, aha, all of a sudden I realized that Jesus is Lord. It's been, I've always known Jesus as Lord, and Jesus has always been with me. And I've experienced his justifying grace in that way. And even for others, some people are just hesitant, where they're not sure. You know, it's not an aha moment, and it's not a continuous uh, walk with Christ. It's, I'm just not sure. Maybe he is, and I'm just scared to enter into a relationship with him. And so we all experience justifying grace in different ways. And, and, and I really think that, this difference, different experience that we all have is really evident 
through the testimonies that we have and the experiences with God that we have. Uh, you know, for myself, I, I think back into my testimony, which I know many of you have heard, where my mom went to Costa Rica on a mission trip and had that encounter with a prisoner there who, who, who told my mom that God loved me, and, and she had no idea who I was, but I experienced justifying grace when my mom came back. You know, I wasn't sure about God. I really turned my, my back to God. I didn't think God loved me. I didn't think God was who he said he was. But it was in that moment when my mom returned home from that mission trip, and she looked at me and said, you'll never believe what I experienced. And she began to tell me the story of what that Costa Rican prisoner said to her. And it was in that moment that I had that aha moment where I knew that the love of God was real. I knew that God was who he said he was. And I knew that Jesus was there for me. And so I had that aha, all of a sudden moment of justifying grace, that aha experience of justifying grace. But there's other people, and I'm going to pick on Elizabeth here for just a second. Whereas Elizabeth and I were in the very early stages of dating, we, we exchanged our testimonies and talked about what God meant to us and talked about our relationships with God. And she told me, really, she's never really had a doubt in her life, even growing up, that God was who he said he was and that Jesus was with her. She's always known Jesus, and she's always known that Jesus was there for her. And so she's had a continuous walk with Christ in her life. Uh, and, and so we see these different examples of justifying grace in each of our lives. And it's very different. You know, for some of us, when we open a door and we know who is behind that door, we know whose house we're walking into, a lot of times you might just run through the door, you might just sling the door wide open and go busting in. I know when I go over to the Morgan's house, I certainly go busting right in through the door sometimes. Uh, unless I'm trying to scare them, but I, usually I'll go walking right into the door, make a lot of noise, and, and let them know that I'm there. But that's because I know who's there. And that's because I know that the people inside love me and care about me. So I'm not scared to walk into that door. I know whose house I'm walking into. But sometimes when we open the door, we don't know what's on the other side. And so sometimes we open it real slowly because we're scared. And even other times, we might only leave the door halfway cracked open because we're scared and we don't know what's on the other side. You see, so our experiences with justifying grace vary in that sense. You know, too often, though, uh, I kind of want to go on a sidebar here. You know, too often, I think that we have a problem as Christians and as believers in comparing testimonies. You know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say, well, I don't want to share my testimony because theirs is better than mine. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd have some good money in my pocket. Too often I hear those words of, I don't want to share my testimony because it's not as good as someone else's. I really th just think that is completely wrong. I think that we are really hurting ourselves when we say that because that being able to testify of God's consistency in your life is just as important as being able to testify to God's willingness to go to extreme measures to chase you down and save you. I want you to catch that. Being able to testify to God's consistency in your life is powerful. Being able to tell someone that God will always be there for you, and you know that because he's always been there for you, that's powerful, and people need to hear that. 
It's just as powerful as being able to say to someone who thinks God has abandoned them that being able to look them in the eye and say, no, God will go to great extreme measures to chase you down and save you. Those are both very important testimonies. And so everyone's testimony is equally important. But God's justifying grace is a personal experience. And the last aspect of justifying grace that I want us to look at is this, and it leads out of the last one. Justifying grace, while it's a personal experience, while it is a defining moment, is also a continuous experience. I want you to catch that. Justifying grace is a defining moment, but a continuous experience. Now, in that initial moment, either in that aha moment, or through your continuous walk of Christ, your life is forever changed. In that defining moment where you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is a defining moment for your life. Your life is forever changed when you make that decision to start experiencing the justifying grace of God. Yet in that moment, what is defined is who you will serve. You either you, you go from serving the world to serving Christ. It is defined who you are going to serve, and you have made that choice to serve Christ over the world. You know, in that defining moment, it is defined how you will live your life. Instead of living your life for the world and for culture and living the way culture might tell you to live, you decide in that defining moment that you're going to live for Christ, and you're going to live how Christ has instructed us to live. But also in that defining moment, it, de it defines where you will spend eternity when you die. I want you to catch that. When you first experience justifying grace and choose to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, it defines where you spend eternity when you pass away. But the justifying grace of God is much more than a defining moment or a one-time experience. It's a continuous experience, and it's an experience that, as believers, we have each and every day. And we do. We experience the justifying grace of God every day. And it's because as people, there's not a day that goes by that we don't sin. We sin each and every day. But with that, God shows us his forgiveness every single day. And he's willing to offer us salvation every single day. You know, I want you to catch that, though. That as believers, we are able to accept the forgiveness of God every single day and accept the justifying grace of God every single day. I want to reference a couple of scriptures here uh, through different books in the Bible to kind of show you this thought process. And I would encourage you to write these down and go back and read them uh, in full later. The first one is Romans 6, 23, which says the wages of sin is death. The wages, the consequence of sin, the consequence of our sin, is eternal death. But then we also have a book in the Bible, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 16, which said that because of our sin and because God loved the world, that God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for our sins so that whoever believes in him would have eternal life and would not suffer that death, would not suffer that consequence for their sin. But also what I think really points to us experiencing the justifying grace of God every day is in an Old Testament book, in the book of Lamentations. 
Uh, it's a really odd name. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 23, which says that the mercy of God is new every single day. God's mercy is new every morning. And so the mercy that God shows us, the forgiveness that God shows us for our sin is new every single day. We are able to experience God's justifying grace every day. Now, instead of shutting the door in our face, when we sin, instead of shutting that door in our face and, and not allowing us to enter into his house, God chooses to show us his mercy. God chooses to show us his justifying grace by keeping that door open, by allowing us to stay in the house, by allowing us to stay in his house, in his presence. It's by the justifying grace of God that God allows that door, that relationship with him, to remain open. And, you know, next week uh, we'll begin looking at what does it mean to be in the house of the Lord? What does that look like? And we're going to talk about another, the final type of grace, which is sanctifying grace. We're going to talk all about what does it mean to be in that relationship with the Lord and to be sanctified by God. But before we close out, uh, my prayer for you tonight is, is simply that if you're a, a believer in Christ, if you've had that defining moment with Christ and you've chosen to accept God's justifying grace, my prayer for you tonight is that you'll continue to accept that justifying grace on a day-to-day -day basis. That you'll experience His justifying grace, that you'll experience His mercy and forgiveness every single day. That you'll stay in the presence of God. And if you don't believe in Jesus, my prayer for you today is that you will make that choice. That you will have your defining moment where you choose to accept Christ. Where you choose to experience His justifying grace. Where you decide to have a defining moment where you decide who you will serve, how you will live, and who you will live for. And that you'll have a defining moment that will determine where you spend eternity. It's a big decision. It's a big defining moment. But it's also a continuous experience. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to hop over onto Zoom for small groups. And I hope you'll meet me there for small groups and meet your small group leaders there. And I'll give you the code for, for small groups just after I pray. Let, let's pray together to close out this message. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the blessings that you give us each and every day. Lord, tonight specifically, I, I thank you that through our faith in you, that you make us right in your eyes. That you justify us, that you forgive us and and show us your mercy each and every day. And so, Lord, I pray for these students, Lord, that they would always experience your love and forgiveness. Lord, I pray specifically right now for any student who does not believe in you, or that you would make yourself known to them, or that they would experience your provenient grace and recognize your blessings, then recognize the good things in their life as blessings from you, or that they would turn to you and have a defining moment with you, a defining moment that changes the course of their life and determines that they will spend eternity with you. Lord, I pray for those defining moments right now. Lord, I pray for these students as uh, they've just gotten the news uh, this past week that schools are going to be closed through 
uh, until next August. Lord, I pray for these students, Lord, that they would not get drugged down by boredom, Lord, that they would stay focused on finishing out the school year strong. But I pray that they wouldn't get discouraged. Lord, I pray that you would give them hope and give them peace to get through each day. Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength to get through each day. So, Lord, I pray for your protection for them. Lord, I pray that they would experience your love and your goodness to them, even in this crazy time. So, Lord, I thank you for all that you've given us, and I pray that you would bless our time in small groups and help us understand your word and your grace. Lord, I ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Hey, everyone. This is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing His blessings each and every day. God bless you, and thank you for listening.